Hey, welcome to episode 181 of The Trim Show. This is your host, Sajid, and today I'm covering the digital marketing updates from the week of October 2 through 6, 2023. First off, uh, there is a new course from Reddit on how to use Reddit um, ads. And I don't want to go too much into the details. It's just that, you know, if you are looking into uh, using Reddit ads into your marketing campaign and you do not know where to get started, this is probably a good platform for you to uh, get started. I mean, of course, you can also buy other courses, but I think, you know, I would probably start there and see how it is. Now, the special thing with Reddit is that Reddit is a growing platform with a diverse user base and makes it makes it a fertile ground for advertising. Now, at the same time, some people have commented that, you know, Reddit uh, does not convert as well as, you know, other stuff just because people go there to, uh, you know, read comics. It's like a forum, right? But nevertheless, being shown in proximity to the topic that people are discussing about sometimes actually help uh, people to be aware of your product and services. So, you know, I would think there is value in Reddit ads if you have the budget for it uh, and others are very critical about it. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Next one is LinkedIn is currently testing fully automated accelerated ad campaigns. What, well, how it's going to work is you're going to provide a URL for the product you want to promote and LinkedIn's AI system is going to take care of the rest. The AI analyzes your company's LinkedIn page, past ads, websites you share to create a tailored campaign and you then fine-tune the campaign's copy images and targeted param- targeting parameters. The AI also adjusts your campaign bids and budget in real time to maximize results. So it is like a fully automated suite. Now, Keep in mind, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft and Microsoft has about 50% uh, ownership in ChatGPT. So that kind of ca- comes into the play. The Accelerate, ex- it's, they're calling it uh, LinkedIn Accelerate. And Accelerate feature is currently available to a limited number of customers in North America. And obviously they're testing it. So I'm pretty sure it's going to come around for the general public, at least in the US. I would think, I hope it's in uh, like, you know, right before, right around the holiday season so that you can use it. Um, What LinkedIn is claiming is that the tools have led to a 47% improvement in cost per conversion and 21% improvement in average cost per lead. So that's a big uh, claim. And if it remains that way, I think everyone's going to be happy until everyone gets on this game and then, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, moving on to the next uh, next update is Meta is expanding their uh, rollout of generative AI features for ad creation. Uh, this feature includes text variation, background generation and image, exp- image expansion tools. So what does this mean for you as the business owner? It means you can now create more dynamic and personalized ads with with just a few clicks, saving you both time and money. In early tests, Meta is claiming advertisers uh, that advertisers were able to save an estimated of five or more hours a week. That's almost a month worth of time saved per year. Uh, These tools not only speed up the ad creation process, but also help in the maximizing the effectiveness of your campaigns. For instance, you can develop you can quickly develop multiple variations of ad creative, which allows for more strategic work and better performance. Also, Meta is developing AI tools for business messaging on platforms like Messenger and WhatsApp. 
these tools will help you engage with customers more effectively offering instant conversational responses. Okay, enough about AI. Now let's move on to a little bit of a different topic, which is obviously this was something uh, started by Elon Musk at Twitter, which is now known as X, when he was... Uh, he rolled out subscription. I mean, I would say the credit goes to Snapchat because Snapchat had the subscription first. Elon Musk popularized it. Uh, I mean, he being such a, you know, uh, well-known figure. And now Meta is thinking about uh, me uh, planning to actually introduce a subscription model that allows an ad-free experience for $14 a month. And Meta is saying this is uh, in response to the European Union's Digital Services Act, which takes effect on January 1, 2024. The act requires platforms to seek user consent for serving personalized ads, impacting businesses that rely heavily on ad revenue. So the other opportunity is like, you know, hey, we have an alternative $14 a month, so it's coming. Okay, next up is... TikTok does not want to leave, be left behind, which is TikTok is also testing a subscription plan uh, and they're testing it at $5 a month, $4.99 a month to enjoy an ad-free TikTok experience. So now we have, and I forgot to mention that you know, we have a YouTube premium as well, so we, which is basically an ad-free option for $12 or $13 a month. Um, so we have YouTube Premium, Snapchat Plus, X has a subscription. And by the way, X is also thinking of doing a tiered subscription so that everyone else can, um, you know, participate in it and get rid of other stuff. So looks like social media, which used to be free, is now going to be, you know, pay for use or be targeted with ads either or. And I think that's a very good trade-off. If you don't want ads, get pay for it. We'll see how that goes. Uh, now let's jump into the world of Google. There is a new rule for Google for email marketing uh, starting next year, which is going to that if your business sends more than 5,000 emails per day to Gmail addresses, you need to basically make sure you have SPF, DKIM, and DMARC records set. If you do not know what those three things mean, this is basically you could either google it but i would think you know you should probably get help from someone um, technical somewhat technical and help you set it up you also need to have an easy unsubscribe easy unsubscribe option uh, you need to provide a easy one click unsubscribe option into your email and all unsubscribe unsubscribe requests must be processed within two days and google will enforce a specific spam rate that you must not exceed and this gets to a very good point like this past week you know i was trying to unsubscribe from a mailing list that i subscribe somehow i'm not sure how i ended up but i am regardless i wanted to unsubscribe i went ahead and i clicked on it when to unsubscribe now the only way i could unsubscribe is first not only put my email address but answer a series of questions right and made it super difficult for me and painful for me to unsubscribe so guess what i did i just canceled it i went to my email inbox and i just marked the messages from spam and deleted them so here is a great example of how you should not conduct your business look if someone is willing to unsubscribe just unsubscribe, let them unsubscribe because if you don't do it you make it very difficult the person on the other end is going to just mark it as spam because by marking it as spam what happens future messages goes directly into the spam inbox it doesn't come into my spam box it doesn't come into my inbox it solves my problem 
but the person on the other end, the, the email sender is the one who's taking the hit. So I do not know why a lot of these marketers are doing all these mistakes because they're just causing pain for their customers or the end, uh, and the end user. Okay, I hope this helps. Now let's go into the next update, which is about GF4. GF4 has this new data protection policy in place, especially for any new accounts. But if you are already, you've already migrated into GA4, you need to manually turn it on. And I like this because oftentimes a lot of these marketers, what they will do is they will pass a PII, personally identifiable information such and which includes email addresses, phone numbers or something else through URL parameters, right? So what happens is to send data from one page to another page, right? You know, one page to another page, sometimes they will use this URL parameters, uh, which is like these things that you see at the end of the URL with a question mark and, you know, name equals to, what are my name, Sajid, and blah, blah, blah. Usually your UTM parameters are passed because that's how, you know, uh, information is passed from, I mean, that's one of the way to pass information from one page to another page without actually doing the actual coding. Now, it is against Google's policy, and it's been around for a while, which is if you cannot use uh, URL, send URL parameters into Google Analytics. So if you are loading Google Analytics, which you will if, uh, on each of your page, and as you pass those parameters, it gets logged into Google. And this was frowned upon. Google would, Google would uh, probably, when they find out, they would cancel your account, they will deactivate your account, whatnot. Now, this is such a widespread problem. At the same time, if Google is caught having PII in their system, they get hit by you know EU and California and all those things. So just to do that, what Google is saying is like now they will automatically turn on this feature where it will strip out the PII information even if you accidentally send it or if you do it because you have a, you know, uh, incompetent marketer or incompetent person on your team. I do not have a better way to say this, but I would just say incompetent uh, that they send all this information into Google Analytics and Google is just going to avoid it. Right Now, my thing, my advice to you is that, you know, you should just uh, have the, because I'm not sure what the other side effects are. Is it going to strip out, you know, UTM parameters and things like that? How is it going to know? I haven't tested it, but my thing is you should not send PII in the first place, but if you do, there's a protection for you. Now, if you're an existing uh, property owner, which is exiting GA4 a user, uh, then you need to go ahead and send it out, uh, go ahead and toggle on that switch so that you know it's you get that protection and you should definitely do that, okay? With that, let's go to the next one. <clears throat> Uh, next one, which I obviously have mixed up a little bit, uh, I wanted to have the Google Signals, which is going to be the one after this. So let's just talk about uh, Google launches the uh, October 2023 core algorithm update. Uh, this is going to take a couple of weeks to complete. Uh, until that happens, we really do not know what's going to happen. So I will bring you more information after the rollout is complete. But between now and the uh, end of the comp uh, rollout completion, uh, expect some fluctuation in website ranking. Things are going to be topsy-turvy and it is the nature of the game. Yes, and by the way, this is the third core update this year. Uh, we just came off of one and this is the other one they just uh, announced. Okay, uh, so the next one is, which is what I, you know, miss, how does it say, misaligned, uh, because this should be, 
yeah, the Google core update, and this is about um, <clears throat> talking about Google Signals. So now, Google Signals, it's an excellent feature where you know, it allows you to understand uh, behavior, user behavior, visitor behavior on your website, because oftentimes, you know, people will visit your site on your mobile phone, and then they will go into a desktop, or they will go to work, and they will go across devices, and rather than counting them as separate users, Google Signal actually helps you to uh, thread all these users together. Right. which is good, but at the same time, if someone is logged into Google while they're browsing, then you can inadvertently uh, you know, kind of get uh, identifying information as to who this person is and things like that. So with this, Google has now uh, given you an, uh, this option in GA4, of course, that you can exclude certain demographic and interest data from your reports, particularly data from signed-in consented users. And if you have enabled Google Signals for your property, simply disable Google Signals in reporting identity on the admin's data collection page, and you should be good to go. And you want to do that, because if you don't do that, then you will probably get hit by data thresholding. And data thresholding is basically a fancy term. I'm trying to look at my notes so that, uh, that you know, uh, it's a fancy term to that Google will anonymize the data so the individual user information is not exposed. But by doing that, you introduce the option of, uh, the, or not the option, the possibility of having polluted data. So it's better for you to go and if you have Google Signals, which you should be using, then you want to just go ahead and you know enable, uh, disable, include Google Signals in reporting identity and you should be good to go. Hope this helps. Now let's go to the next one. The other thing is that uh, X, which was formerly known as Twitter, has partnered with Google Ads. Now what this will allow you to do is that you could run Google Ads display campaign and it will show up on X properties. Uh, so previously you probably have to go into Twitter, learn and all those things. Now you can do it from Google Ads dashboard. So that's just the basic gist of this whole thing that's happening. My challenge, uh, it's a its a double-edged sword. My challenge with this is that you know, if you were to do this, I'm not sure how it's going to show up on reporting and what, you, what kind of targeting you're going to get. Uh, it all remains to be seen. But obviously, uh, if you are running Google Display campaigns or retargeting campaigns, like for example, that's a great option, like you know, just thought of. Like if you want to do retargeting campaigns and you want to target 200 million users on X or Twitter, but then again, not all 200 million of them are in the US, depending on what it is, might be a good another good additional place where you can show your Google ads, right? Google display ads. So overall, it's a good thing for the Google ads people. Uh, hope you check it out and see, let's see how this uh, plays out. The other thing Google ads have done, and this is the last update of this week, is that Google ads have removed individual and ad group level keyword forecasting. This was a tool, this was something I have used and it has really helped me to kind of foresee how much I have to spend and what I number of clicks I expect to get and things like that. Google's Jeannie Marvin is saying, well, no, not many people use this, so we are gonna kill it, or we took it away, which I disagree, right? But again, what can you do with Google as we have seen with Google's uh, lawsuit, uh, not Google's lawsuit, Google it court against the US government about being a monopoly 
all sorts of things are coming out, right? How Google have manipulated the search rankings, how Google have basically hiked up the prices, uh, how Google have manipulated the pricing of the second, uh, you know, uh, the winning bid as well as a you know runner-up bid. So we have Google has done all those things. So I don't believe anything that Google's Ginny Marvin is saying, but it is what it is. Now, the only thing that she's available right now is campaign level. So what that basically means is that they're going to take all the aggregated, uh, all the keywords that is inside your campaign and they're going to give you an aggregated view, aggregated forecast uh, at the campaign level rather at each individual campaign. So you're really l missing out on the granular data. Oh, this keyword has this many data, so maybe I will bump up something else. Maybe there is a way around it. Maybe you could have a single uh, keyword campaign and see how that happens. I haven't tried it out, um, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, I just brought it to you, shared it with you, what I found out, and we kind of have to play by their rules until probably the U.S. government. Uh, well, not the, if the court determines that Google is a monopoly, which I think at this point it is, and if they either split the company or they, you know, separate into different units, whatever they do, I think it's going to be good uh, in the long run because everything is coming out from Google being a monopoly, how hard it is for search engines like Brave and another company to penetrate because they couldn't go into any partnerships because everyone else has partnership with Google. Apple makes 10 plus billion dollars a year from Google. Samsung makes billions of dollars from Google. And Google has basically monopolized the uh, uh, search market. Now, on the other hand, Microsoft Bing's uh, CEO, Satya Nadella, uh, went to court and says, yeah, Google is definitely a superior product. There is no doubt about it. But at the same time, what they've done is they've erected all these walls around these boundaries, which makes it very hard for newcomers to kind of penetrate that by, you know, because through those exclusive contracts and agreements they have in places where Google can afford to pay $10 billion a year because they have hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue, right? A new company cannot do that. As a result, they cannot penetrate. And even if they were to get penetrate, they say, sorry, we are already in partnership with Google. They're going to give us $10 billion. Why should we take your $1 billion, right? It doesn't make any math. Anyway, folks, uh, that's it for this week in marketing. I hope you found this helpful. If you found this helpful, uh, do me a favor, leave me a comment. Uh, I would love to know how this is doing. Uh, until next week, take care. Bye-bye.